You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program. I am Ayan Shirwa. So this week we have a special guest. We have Tony Green. Tony Green is a radio broadcaster. He does an incredible show called Strong Spirit, which is on Mondays at 1pm. So I rang up Tony and I asked him if we could chat and he said yes. And today you will find out about this incredible human being. Um, But before we do, I want to play a song that he constantly plays on his show, an artist that he's introduced me to. The artist is Ronald Callaghan and the song is Proud Black Man. A proud black man Why do they still call your name? Is it because you stole their thunder? Or because you ease their pain? Because you're a proud black man You hold your head up high You're walking on your land And there's a reason why Proud black man, do you still think of better times ahead for us all? Another way for you to help your people, another way to help them to stand tall. Cause you're a proud black man, we all understand. You're fighting for your culture, your family and your Because you stole their thunder It's because you ate their pain Cause you're a proud black man We all understand You're fighting for your culture 
family and your land A proud black man A proud black man you should not wonder A proud black man Black man, you should not wonder Proud black man Proud black man, you should not wonder Accent of women it seems so obvious to me that if you live in a, in a completely violent um, cultural milieu that it's going to translate into every aspect of women's lives. Accent women. What's a border? They don't see it like a big wall right along the How the can country. people live ordinary lives when they're living in such an extraordinary situation where there are, two, where there are armies there and terrorists there and such conflict every single day of their lives? Accent women. A show by and about women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. On Community Radio 3CR. Welcome to Diaspora Blues, Tony. Thank you. What a privilege. What a privilege. Oh, you're so kind. You don't have to say any of that. You know that, right? <laughs> no, this is yeah, really good. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. So where were you born? Where do your people come from? Um, I was born here in Melbourne, Royal Women's Hospital in Carlton, and um, mum got flown down in a helicopter to Melbourne. We were living at um, Club Terrace down at uh, Gippsland on the way to New South Wales. Come from the Gunnokurnai clan, yeah, from down at Gippsland Way, yeah. And what was little Tony like? What were you like growing up? Um... It's a good question. I'm full of life, you know, happy, very, very happy. Um, moved around a lot, but um, I was a happy child, yeah. I know that you said it's okay for us to talk about what it was like being a survivor of a stolen gen. Yeah. Did you want to get into that? And Yeah, um, I'm the son of a stolen generation. My mum was um, taken away from... Um, New South Wales and Wallaga Lake um, Mission Reserve over there. She, my mum was um, left in Bega Hospital from her mum for complications way back yonder, way back then, to why my mum ended up at the hospital in Bega, left as a child. I'm guessing that she wasn't sort of left. I'm guessing because of the laws way back then like the laws of um, being allowed her off reserves and stuff like that. When um, my mum was left as a child in um, Bega Hospital and then the Bega Hospital notified some people out at Wallinga Lake, which became my um, grandfather and grandmother. They were Alberts. His name, he, he was called Soldier Man, his nickname was. He adopted mum from him and his wife adopted mum because they couldn't have children. So the hospital rung them guys that were on Wally Lake Reserve and said, Kim, would you like to adopt a child? And they ended up adopting my mum and she was very quite small back then. And um, 
So they lived with, sorry, mum lived with them for quite a while. And then a few years went on and his wife passed away. So he was a single father, sorry, back a bit. They ended up having children. They could have children in the end. So had another, a boy and a girl, which was my uncle Billy Scott and my auntie Christine Scott. And mum was the older sister because she was the adopted child, the older sister. When my nan passed away, then Pop, they said that Pop couldn't take care of my mum. They legally adopted me mum. And then mum had to get taken off um, my grandfather's soldier man from Wallier Lake Reserve. And they put her in Cootamundra Women's Home in um, New South Wales. They took her away. And um, that's when my mum ended up growing up in Cootamundra Women's Home, which um, was quite sad because mum told me a lot of different stories about growing up there. And it was it was very, very sad. It was very, very sad. And... Um, I even remember stories when mum was turned 18 to, um, because you could only live there until you was 18. I remember mum saying when it was time for her to leave at 18, she was banging on the gate to go back in. Why is that? She only knew that place as home because she was taken quite young from Wallier Lake and then ended up going to Cootamundra Girls' home where she was trained to be a servant, you know, because that's what they were doing. That was... Mm. you know, training our people to be servants and stuff like that, you know, in um, communities. My mum used to, she was a servant and looked after kids in Sydney for a doctor family. Right. So she was like a nanny? Yeah, a nanny. Yeah, a nanny. And did she get paid for that? No. No, she'd done that for several years. Yeah. Once, like I said, once they turned 18, they had to go. And then mum was at that gate, hitting that gate to get back in, didn't know anything. But um, then the search began to find her real family. Were they supported once they left the home? Were they supported to find housing, that kind of thing? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And how did your mum find her people once she left? Um, The story's vague, like sketchy, because... um, to be honest, and it's the it's the honest I can be, I didn't gravitate to the stories because they were too sad when I was around and when they was discussed. So I become very good at blocking out any talk of sad stories. You know what I mean? That were when mum would share her stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. I haven't known you that long, but yep. from what I know, you come across as like a very supportive, very present father. Mm. When you had your own children, was that something you thought about? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was times in my life where my kids were going to get taken off me. We got, you know, when we eventually got back to, because as life went on, mum mum found her family. She ended up with my father and then things didn't work out and then next minute me and my brother were in the system. Mm. So... We were in the system and we were ward of the state as well. And we were shuffled around until mum had to basically earn her stripes to get us back. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because we were taken from her as well through different circumstances. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, Was I worried my kids were going to get taken? Absolutely. The kids are still getting taken. Absolutely. 
I thank my lucky stars they didn't get taken. I really do. Was that just by luck or was it something that you... Family, family, mum, you know, was always there for me. Always. I was a single parent. She was always there. It's funny, you know, because some parents that go through the real struggle, they're better grandparents than they were parents. I'm finding that out myself now. I'm still playing catch-up with my kids, you know what I mean? Like, I'm finding I'm going to be a better grandfather than I was a parent, you know what I mean? So it's funny how the cycle works, Mm -hmm. you know, because we were broken. We were taken out. The links were taken, you know, Mm -hmm. and they were missing, you know, because of the the fact that mum didn't get loved, so she didn't know how to show love, you know? So me, my brother and sister, we lacked being showed love, you know what I mean? It didn't come to later, later on in life, right? you know what I mean? Luckily enough, um, mum fought off all, all her demons and lived through, you know, the addictions of what trauma causes and she opened up to be a lovely, lovely lady. You know what I mean? Which I'm so, so grateful for. I'm breathing, I'm breathing, I'm breathing so much pain. There must be a way to end the... Join the global slut walk movement to end slut shaming and victim blaming. Tune in to 3CR on Saturday, November 13th at 1pm. Turn it up loud and let speeches fill the streets. Tell the world, even in pandemic, we will not be silenced. Slut Walk is a controversial name, not a controversial message. Welcome back to Diaspora Blues. I'm Ayan Shirwa. So we've been listening to a conversation I had with Tony Green, So far, Tony has discussed his upbringing and what it was like growing up as the child of a stolen gen. We pick up the conversation with Tony as he shares some sweet memories about his late mother. As a young girl, teenager, when she was in Kutamundra, she used to play hockey. Yeah, she used to love playing hockey, she used to say. Um... She told me a lot of stuff. She Like, oh, I love motorbikes. She told me she used to go out with a person that had a motorbike and used to ride on the back of bikes. She told me a lot of stuff later on in life that I didn't know. She told me that she um, done the big fate, the truck, with Jimmy Little singing on the back of the truck, going through Sydney. You know what I mean? Like, photographers took pictures of her, wanted her to model, and all good stuff. She was very resilient, Mum. She done everything for us kids that she could do. Yeah, we were ward of the state. We weren't allowed to leave the state. I was about to get taken and the system was going to grab me again through through my stupidity as a young fella, you know, doing the wrong things. I was going to get taken and put in the system of, um, you know, detention centre, you know, for stealing and stuff like that. She got me out of the state. She didn't want me to get taken. She done a lot of good stuff. Yeah, she she sounds like an incredible, incredible human being. And you said that as grandparents, you're able to give the love that perhaps you weren't able to give to your own kids. What are you like as a grandparent? I don't know. That's a good question. um, I'm amazed I got to make it to be a grandparent. Do you know what I mean? Like, the struggle's real, the struggle's hard. 
you know, in my community. You know what I mean? Like, the list goes out the door and around the corner on how many, you know, times you can get knocked down in my community. Mm. I, um, it's hard. Mm. You know, I'm just grateful to be here, to be a grandparent. Mm. And I love that you have photos of your grandkids on your phone. Yeah. And they're so cute as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you joined Daddy. Daddy Mamora? Yeah. Um, I was asked to drive a bus full of the men down to a camp in Gippsland. And I thought that we'd go fishing and, you know, stuff like that. And I didn't think that we would sit around and start doing check-ins and talk about men's business. I thought we were there for different reasons. Next minute, next minute, people are opening up and talking about life stories. I didn't think we were going there to share stories, talk about trauma, talk about life. Wow, so you went there thinking you were just going to drive them down to wherever yeah. and then you ended up being part of this like moment. Being part of a moment where people in a group setting where people help work out each other. We just talked and, and provided a safe place for men to talk. How do you feel now because you're now in a position where you're giving advice and you're kind of like an elder in a way. How do you think about that responsibility? Well, I still pinch myself to think that I could be someone that could give advice with the life I've led. Do you know what I mean? Like who would would want to listen? Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, um, it's hard. I just... Like I'm just navigating my way through it, and I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the position that I hold at the moment with um, Daddy. Um, it's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about Strong Spirit. What's it been like? It's been absolutely fantastic. Strong Spirit. It's getting better as I go on. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm finding trying to find content, real content, true content stuff that's that's real from grassroots stuff i know it's cliche to say grassroots and all that stuff but from the from the ground you know like the real struggles talk about it and help fix it heal it it's been said before we know we've got the problems you know we want to be able to fix fix our own stuff up you know Mm. yeah strong spirit on enjoying it Mm. enjoying it if you could interview anybody, who would it be and why? That's a good question. Um, if I could interview anyone, who would it be and why? Um, probably my wife, my partner. Yeah, her struggle's real. You know, she believes in a lot. You know, a lot of good stuff. If you could give one advice, so let's say there's a young black kid listening to the show and listening to us have this conversation, what advice would you give to them? I don't know. I'd probably just hold them and nurture them. Just shake their hand, give them a big cuddle and say, you'll be right, Uncle. You'll be right. What did I say? He is fantastic. So that was Tony Green from Strong Spirit. Strong Spirit is a 3CR show and it's on Mondays at 1pm. He's also with Dadi Manwara, an organisation that you should definitely check out.
have a few minutes, so I thought we would play、um, an old school hit. So this one is called "Arrested." Sorry, "Arrested Development" is the band. The song is called "Everyday People." I'm Ian Shirwa, and I will see you next week.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.